Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no sandwich. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to an impromptu, rather impromptu edition of Achtung Millwall, number 385. My name is Nick Hart, uh, and this is the number one Millwall podcast, as you all know. Um, impromptu. Well, it just struck me that I actually missed an anniversary, um, not a personal one, or I do miss those. Uh, not a birthday, but I do miss those. But an anniversary of 20 years ago, which took place last week, um, famous, famous victory, Millwall 5, Oldham Athletic nil, dated May the 5th, 2001. We became Division 2 champions with this fine win, of course, 20 years ago, if you can believe that. Um, funny how the time slips away, like the song says. And I actually missed it. I saw some posts at the time and I thought to myself, I must do a show to commemorate that particular victory and then it went out of my head and it's just come back into my head so I'm rather blagging this as I go along forgive me if the uh, the frayed edges show at any point dear listeners but I thought it'd be worthwhile us all just marking the 20th anniversary of one of the golden days in the history of our club it's um, the kind of game and the kind of moment that doesn't come along very often in your footballing life and especially if you're in a Millwall footballing life um, this was a culmination of a fantastic season um, for many, many reasons. Obviously, on the pitch, we we were champions of the uh, Division 2, it was called then, League 1, it would be called now the third tier, the third division in old money. Um, but to be champions of any competition that you take part in is a great achievement. This was a great season to be a Millwall fan. Personal reasons, um, which I won't go too deeply into, but I went for the whole season with my ex-partners, young son and we had a shared bond for this season um which would finish up in, in well we won't go we won't go where it finished up dear listeners let's um let's not dwell on that later on in the 2000s but this was a a great time to follow the lions the 2000 uh, to 2001 season had started of course under the management of great club servants um Keith Stevens Rhino and Alan McCleary Rhino and Macca as they were known both had stepped into the breach in management terms during difficult, difficult times in the aftermath of Billy Bonds, the administration, the the early days of the chairmanship of Theopathetis. And they would they'd taken the club as far as it could be taken. And it reminds me in some respects of 
Neil Harris's own tenure as manager. Um, they were both Millwall men through and through, as as is Bomber, and but both had taken us as far as we could go. Um, Mount McGee would, of course, be the man that took over from them in the September of uh, 2000 and would actually be the man to see us through to promotion and on to a colossal season the year after. But we'll come back to that uh, another day. So as I say, this was the culmination of Theo's project where he'd come into the chairmanship on the brink of us failing to exist. I think, I don't know if that's too dramatic a way to put it. We're in administration. In 1997, the club had reached um, a bottom point. Theopathetis came in um, with very short time remaining before the club would have gone out of business. So it was a near-death experience for the Lions in the late 1990s. And Theo basically applied his business savvy. He was known as a, um, a, a retail entrepreneur. And he used those basic principles, cutting costs. I mean, I don't think there's any great secret. It's quite hard to do this, but quite, the solutions are easy. The uh, execution is often quite hard, but he cut costs left, right and centre. And back to youth, because there was no other option in terms of um, the playing staff, producing one of the classic sides of Mill history. So as we say, this is a 5-0 win over Oldham Athletic that would seal the championship. We'd actually won promotion the week before with a, one all draw at Wrexham, another famous day, away day. But this would secure the second division championship. I'm going to run through this classic side because the name's almost um, rather like the 1988 side, listeners. They almost, you know, reel off from memory. You don't need to repeat them. In goal, Tony Warner, the back line, Robbie Ryan, Stuart Nevercott, Sean Dyche. The midfield, Lucas Neal, Tim Cahill, David Livermore, Stephen Reid. Up front, Paul Moody. And Neil Harris, what a lineup! Um, players there that will go on to greater glory. Tim Cahill, obviously, Lucas Neal, Stephen Reid, all would achieve Premier League um, stature later in their career. Neil Harris almost certainly would have done, but for the um, his illness, the cancer that, that um, would be diagnosed in the in the summertime after this after this fixture. Um, but that's a classic lineup, and one that even now, looking at the team photo in the aftermath of victory, as a, a shot of the team surrounding the the trophy, and the joy on the faces of the players, it's wonderful. Even now, it, it puts um, makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up just to see it. There is uh, YouTube coverage for this, listeners, and there's actually quite extensive YouTube coverage. If you go onto YouTube and search Mill Five Oldham Nil you'll get full game coverage, um, the whole 90 minutes, which is um, pretty good. I think the club must have posted it on there at some point. And it's the whole unedited 90 minutes from start through to finish. Wonderful viewing. If you ever have a board, you know, as we've got the, the summertime coming and you get bored, have a look at it. It's it's a great day. Ticker tape on the pitch. Um, the den, familiar yet slightly strange. And some of the gold nets are different. Um, 18,510. We're in the ground that day. If memory serves, we had the away end and all four sides and the Oldham fans, such as there were for this fixture, were actually contained in a small section of the of the West Upper in the far corner with no, no particular bother because no one was actually that concerned about Oldham on this particular day. There is a shorter um, condensed highlight video online as well as the full 90 minutes if you don't have time to devote to it. It's worth it. It's quite interesting to look at it. Um, I found one, no press, but one report from the BBC dated Saturday, May the 5th. The headline is 
Mill clinched title. It's there with uh, two-goal hero Neil Harris in the all-white kit, the famous Giorgio all-white kit. I quite like that kit. I know some people don't, but I did. Still do. Um, the report goes, Neil Harris struck twice as Mill thrashed Oldham 5-0 to clinch the second division title. The line striker sprung the offside trap in the 22nd minute before crossing for Paul Moody to bundle home from close. Ten minutes later, Harris beat veteran Oldham keeper Gary Kelly with a deft chip from outside the area. And I remember that goal. Um, some goals have faded from the memory. I remember the 5-0 win. I remember being there and all the rest of it. But the deft chip, as they put it here in the BBC, sticks in my mind even now. Um, it's one of those exhilarating moments where... I don't know, everything comes together in one moment. It's It can only last um, you know, a short time. The flame burns bright and then it goes. But it's just one of those moments that you live for as a, as a football fan, as a Millwall supporter. Um, the report continues that a stunned Oldham side were never in the game as Mill began to cut through their defence with ever-increasing ease. Harris was a constant menace throughout. Um, he teed up. Stephen Reid to slam home Mills third, which is an absolute slam. But slam is the right word. A solid, solid shot from the edge of the penalty area for 3-0 early in the second half. Um, Harris then marked a fine performance after 67 minutes, spinning in the box and crossing for Paul Moody to head home, his second goal of the afternoon. Then deep in stoppage time, Harris illustrated the selfishness a striker requires to thrive at this level um, as he wrestled the ball from strike partner Paul, Paul Moody to fire home Mills fifth from the penalty spot to make it 5-0. Moody was on a hat-trick and Neil Harris wrestled the ball off of him. I do remember that. It made me laugh at the time. It still makes me laugh even now to um, to think of it, to slam home his second of the game. So um, goals, 21 minutes, Paul Moody. 30 minutes, Neil Harris. 52, Stephen Reid. 66, Paul Moody. And then 90th minute, Neil Harris via the penalty spot. Cheer up Mark McGee, we used to sing, didn't we, in the pre-match build-up and during the game. Um, it would all come to a cra Millwall crash and Millwall burn at the end of the 2001-2002 season, but these were these were grand days to be a Millwall fan. We'll pick out a few players from that lineup. Some of them are really well known, so I'm not sure I'm going to be adding much to your body of knowledge of Millwall, dear listeners, but um, there we are. This is a fun edition. Lucas Neal, what a player, winger-stroke midfielder. Listed on the Mill History website, born in Sydney, Australia, 9th of March, 1978. Signed for Mill from the Australian Academy of Sport. That's a great place to be signed from. Um, in 1995, we sold him to Blackburn for £600,000, rising to a million after 40 appearances in 2001. 145 appearances for the Lions in that time, 30 as a substitute for Lucas. 14 goals. Always one of my favourite players. He... he he always seemed to promise, maybe he promised more than he ever delivered. Um, skills were apparent from the very start. You always had a sense that Lucas could have gone further. I think possibly even his later career. If Is that being harsh? I don't know. Probably as a bloke that never played even for his school um, to criticise another player for where he did get to in the game. After Blackburn, Lucas Neal would progress on to West Ham, of course, Everton. Galatasaray, then some Arabian clubs, Al Jazeera, Al Wasi, then back home to Sydney, and and a brief spell at Watford in 2014. Doncaster, didn't they? Finished up at Doncaster, 2014, four appearances, 95 appearances for his country for Australia, one goal for the Australian national side. 
Um, honours, this is my point. Um, I always thought that Lucas had the the full armoury of um, you know of skills to go to the very highest levels, and maybe he never um, pursued it. There is his main honour, obviously, a second division medal with Millwall Football League, second division, two thousand two thousand and one. A League Cup win with Blackburn, I don't know how that would relate to. It probably supersedes a, a League uh, Division 2 title, but I, see, I personally think that the Division 2 title supersedes a League Cup win. And then um, President's Cup for Al Jazeera, some Australian tournaments in the early 90s. And Millwall Player of the Year in 1996-97. Um, Lucas went far and wide, and like so many before and so since... Um, Millwall was the pinnacle of his career, but they didn't know it at the time. They always thought Lucas had his eyes elsewhere, but there it is. Um, Lucas Neal, one of my favourite players of of that era, and and any era for that matter. His fellow countrymen, of course, who else am I going to name when I get the chance, but Mr Tim Cahill. 241 appearances for the Lions, 19 as a substitute, 57 goals. How we'd give our right arms for the Tim Cahill of, of his pomp. In the current side. Two spells, of course. Um, 1997, when he signed from Sydney United in Australia. July 97. Uh, and then we sold him to Everton for 1.5 million. I think, like rather like Lucas, I think both of those fees look very low. Um, for a man with um, Theo's business acumen, both of those fees look low. I know it's a different market then. Um, that was in 2004. Um, and then second spell in 20. 18, um, that strange second spell. He, he returned from Melbourne City in January 2018 on a free transfer, and then the contract ended in the May. Um, that wasn't such a great spell. It was, it was great in the moment when he first appeared in that, that evening game at the Den. Um, his contribution was uh, minimal uh, at that point, but not so in his earlier career. Um, a, a, a major part of the promotion in 2000-2001, a major part of the Oh, so close, 2001-2 season. And then, of course, the cup final run of 2004. Tim Cahill was a dynamo in midfield where Lucas Neal supplied silky skills. I think probably a good a good way to assess Tim Cahill, don't know if you agree with this, dear listeners, would be a, just a sheer determination to win, to win tackles, to win the game. You could hang in the air for seemingly... Uh, Michael Jordan levels in the, in in the you know hang time in the, in the air going into the box. Um, he brought a dynamism to the midfield that is was wonderful to watch at the time. It'd be wonderful to see a hint of it now in the current side. It's something that's been lacking this season. But Tim Cahill, Timothy Filiga Cahill, to give him his full name, aged forty one now, um, an attacking midfield after leaving Millwall in two thousand four. He would join Everton as we said. We two hundred twenty six appearances for. Everton. When Tim posts online, he he has a, a dual relationship. I always feel like we're the other woman in a, in, a, in a love triangle with Everton and Millwall for him. Um, never mentions or hardly mentions the, the New York Red Bulls where he went to in 2012. 62 appearances in, um, what's that, the North American Soccer League, Major League Soccer, not NASL, is it, anymore. Played in China for Shanghai Shenhua in Hangzhou, Greentown. Then back to Oz for Melbourne City, and then and that brief period for uh, for the Lions. Oh, he played in India, Jamshedpur, um, after after leaving us. An international for his Australian nationals, 108 international caps for Australia, 50 goals for the national side. Also capped at um, Australian under 23 level, 
and Western Samoa under-20s. One of the great players, one of the great Millwall players of all time, in my opinion, Tim Cahill, a fantastic uh, player to watch and one of the reasons, in my opinion, why you fall in love with the game. And my final choice, a personal favourite player, Paul Moody. Um, he'd probably be a bit part player in the history of Millwall if ever, ever such a document were to be fully written from start through to finish now. Um, he's only with us for two seasons, signed in 1999, and he left us in 2002. Just 47 starts for Paul Moody, 15 as a substitute, 24 goals, 24 invaluable goals spread across, especially the promotion season. Um, a, 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 a big man up front. I mean, he made the perfect partnership with, with Neil Harris um, going forwards. It suited the style that we were playing. He was like, um, I suppose Matt Smith is, is an equivalent level of player. Paul Moody probably brought a bit more brute force and just sheer physical presence. Combined with, and like many big men, um, often quite light on his feet. And he could, he actually had more skill than I think probably the football world gave him credit. He was he was renowned as a, you know, as, as, as the as the uh, eternal unit, big unit up front. But anyone that followed his game at the time, like I, I took quite a shine to Paul Moody in this in this season. Actually, had a lot more skill on the ground than I think he was ever really given credit for. Um, a, a massive contributor to our promotion season alongside Neil Harris. He was on a hat-trick in this particular game that we looked at until Harris pulled the ball ball off of him. Not the ball, the ball off of him for that final penalty. Um, Paul Moody, born in 1967. His career began in 1990 at non-league with Waterloo Building. Played for Southampton 12 times. Loaned to Reading. The main bulk of his career spent at Oxford, 1994-97. 40 games for Fulham. Then, then 47 starts, 15 as a substitute for the Lions, as we've said already. And then after leaving Millwall, back to Oxford 35 times and then all the shot to finish his career. Um, I remember sitting next to him. The club must have found him a ticket for the infamous Birmingham game. <laughs> the one that turned into a pitch battle outside on, on uh, Zampa Road. And Paul Moody sat just in front of me and I got my programme autographed. And um long while ago, no, that, that programme must have gone... Um, it disappeared disappeared into the same furnace that everything else disappeared into from my life around that time. Anyway, I'm not going to dwell on that. This is not the, the podcast for that uh, for Nick's, Nick's um, private life. Um, so there we are, Paul Moody, great servant for this particular season, six foot three inches, a, 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 a striker that we could really do with today, in my opinion. Uh, Paul Moody, Tim Cahill, and Lucas Neal. My selection from today's chosen fixture the anniversary fixture, only a week late, but that's not that's probably you know about par for the course for me, dear listeners. Millwall five, Oldham Athletic Nil in front of eighteen thousand five hundred and ten. Played twenty years ago and one week on May the fifth, two thousand and one. Hope you've enjoyed this particular acknowledgement of one of the great days in my Millwall life. It's up there with some of the big moments um, because it was a really enjoyable season for all the reasons we've touched on. So there we are. We'll be back with a couple of end-of-season shows. We'll put recording with the chaps tomorrow and, and then on Thursday. So until then, I hope you enjoyed this little impromptu edition. As I say, it's done pretty much on the hoof, so apologies if it's a bit ropey around the edges. But until then, dear listeners, it's Arrivederci Mill, and bye for now. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Ask and Move. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. However, do you know Till next time. Who do you want to watch? Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.